See, once you know exactly how much money you're making, you know how much you've set aside for each area of your spending. Now you can see where the surplus is. You can see where you want to go financially. You can adjust some of those categories. You can increase your savings. When a bonus comes in, now you can tackle those goals. You can create those timelines to say, hey, in one year, we can save this much money to do this one thing. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts. I'm David Thompson here with Leo Sabo. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a huge foundational piece of finances, something that often gets overlooked, but is absolutely vital to long-term success. Yes, we're going to talk about tracking expenses consistently. How tracking changes behaviors, it's like a superpower that starts to give you control back over your spending. You'll be free, uh, you'll feel empowered and enriched because you'll have the real-time info to be able to stick to your true financial goals. We all have things that we want to accomplish, things that we want to do, and tracking is actually the very thing that's going to help you to do that. Some of the things that we talked about on the last episode was why people don't track. Some of those examples are people just don't really know. We're not taught this, and it's something that comes really difficult for us since we've not been taught it. Another reason is people are just too busy, or at least they say they are. And another is that people think that they can actually track their budget in their heads. That's right. So there are three things in your budget that will help you make good financial decisions. And these are the three that we talked about last time. One, the amount that you set aside for each category every month. So one, you've got to set aside something into each category, which means you need good categories. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with coming up with good categories, go all the way back to the first 10 episodes of Getting Money Right. And in those first 10 episodes, we actually walk through what categories should be in your budget. I believe it's somewhere around five, six, and seven that we get into the categories, but go back and listen to those. Uh, So one, you need to have something set aside for every category. Two, you need a running total of what you've spent so far. How do you do that, David? So you track. (laughs) That is how we get here. So it starts by tracking. And if you're running that total, if you're consistently tracking, you can see what you have spent. And then you can also see the third thing, which is the balance of each category letting you know how much you have left to spend in each category. So we talked a lot about these things in the last episode. Go ahead and go back to that episode if you haven't listened to it. And that's where we started the conversation on tracking. But we're going to continue the conversation here. There's one other piece. It was the cost of not tracking your expenses. Leo, what were some of the costs that we talked about? I think the biggest ones is just not reaching your financial goals. Everybody wants to go where they want to go financially. You all have dreams and desires. And without tracking, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to do that. And another thing was just lost opportunities. The ability to track expenses allows you to save for things like your cars. So you don't have to pay interest on every car you ever buy. College expenses, retirement. Those are lost opportunities simply because we don't manage money well by tracking. That's right. So when I begin to think through tracking expenses, uh, and I remember doing this probably more than a decade ago, trying to sit through and think, uh, okay, I know I need to build a budget, but 
how do I actually walk that budget out? And mm-hmm. so I began doing a bunch of, bunch of research, reading a bunch of books. And one of the books that I read was called The Power of Habit. Right. And in The Power of Habit, it's by Charles Duhigg. And he goes through and talks about how there are keystone habits that orient every other habit in your life. Uh, these keystones are big orienting habits that move around other important pieces of your life. And I began to equate that to the budget. If you have a healthy budget in place, it will orient your ability to save long-term and to live a good life in retirement. Mm -hmm. If you have a good budget in place, it'll orient your communication with your family and it'll help you to set healthy boundaries of when to say no and when to say yes. It'll help you have healthy communication if you're married. Having a budget orients many areas of your life. Mm -hmm. So I knew that would be a keystone habit is living on a budget, but I didn't know how to build that keystone habit into my life. And so I said, okay, what's another great book out there? I was reading influencer, Mm, uh, the power to change anything. Yeah. And it's five different researchers that have all done a ton of research with major companies, how to influence, how to change. And they said that there are vital behaviors Mm -hmm. that lead to your keystone habits or that lead to your habits. And so, so I said, okay, well, what's the vital behavior that would allow me to build a budget and live on a budget? And I began to equate that with tracking expenses. Right. Right. And in the books, they use a ton of examples and they actually walk through examples of working out and a lifestyle shift in your weight and a lifestyle shift in what you eat. But a lot of times, even there, it began by tracking your caloric intake, by tracking your workout days. And I began to see that if you track your expenses, it will allow you to build a budget, which will orient and change every other area of your life. And so the power of habit, the power to change anything, uh, the book was Influencers, the second one. Um, These led me to some very practical steps. Okay, if I'm going to have this keystone habit in my life, I've got to have this vital behavior. Again, how do I have that vital behavior? Well, Influencer, the power to change anything, talked about these crucial moments Mm. that occur in your life where you make a decision and you can set some of those moments on autopilot if you can train yourself to just say, nope, I'm going to automatically do this. And so one of those moments when you're beginning to track expenses, one of those crucial moments, those autopilot moments is when you are making a purchase, you're always going to hear this question. Would you like a receipt with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether you're at the grocery store, you're at the movie theater, even when you're at the gas station, there's no person there to audibly tell you, but there is a button and it says, do you want a receipt with this? Yes, I'd love a receipt. Uh, I was at the doctor's office earlier today. They said, hey, do you want a receipt with this? Yes, I'd love a receipt with that. Thank you. Everywhere I go now, I always get a receipt. The answer is always Yes. I love a receipt with that. Thank you. So now it sounds a little goofy at first, but if you determine in your mind that every time you hear that, that's going to be a trigger for you to say yes and to get that receipt and then to put it in your pocket and take that receipt, put it in your pocket and go about your day. But when you get home, take those receipts out of your pocket, put them into a specific designated place in your home. And when you put them there, that is the place where you're going to sit and track every night before you go to bed. Yeah, I love that. I love that example. You used it in the workshop, and I love how quickly that connected with the audience because they know that they're asked that question every time they spend money. So whether they spend on what they should have or not, that's not the point. The point is that it triggers this instinct of, yes, in order for me to develop a habit, to manage my money better, which I have a desire to do, right. this one thing awakens me from my normal, you know, everyday mundane tasks and reminds me this is important. Yeah. So I say, yes, give me that receipt. Then I take it and I put it in my pocket 
and I hang on to it until the end of the day because I've also developed the habit of saying I keep it in this one place. For yes, me, it's in my yes, billfold. Yes. Then the next thing is when I come home or when I'm updating my budget, I pull it out of that place, whether it's a basket or whether it's a tray or whatever, wherever you put your receipts. I keep them in my wallet. And as soon as I'm ready to plug those in, I take them out of my wallet. And here's the thing. As my wallet is getting fat, I know I have to update my budget. And early on, that was a real issue. It's like I've I done had that. a yep. lot of receipts. It's like, okay, I got to get to this. But you see, it's like a cascade effect. One leads to the other, leads to the other, leads to the other. And pretty soon you're just doing it because it's part of what you've developed and what you've accepted is a path to financial health. Yes. I love it. Uh, so uh, let's say that you have the kind of jeans or the kind of pants that don't have pockets anymore. Mm-hmm. Do what Leo said. You know, Take those receipts and put them in a specific place inside of your wallet. Ladies, as you're listening to this, put it in your purse. Yep. And Plenty find, of pockets in those purses. <laughs> yes. Find a specific pocket in that purse that you know every time my receipts are going to be in this exact place. Uh, don't just put them in the main you know, bulk cabin area of the purse. <laughs> You've got to put them into a specific side pocket right. where you say, my receipts will always be here. And then as soon as you get home, I know that when I get home, I take my keys out, I take my wallet out, I take my phone out, and I put them in specific places in my home mm-hmm. so I don't forget them, so I right. know where they are. Right. You're going to do that every day with your receipts. You're going to take them out and put them into a specific place. For me, the best way to begin doing this when you're first starting out is to leave those receipts in a pile on your kitchen table or on your kitchen counter where you're going to see them, where they are a mess. And it is going to cause you to say, okay, before I go to bed tonight, Mm -hmm. uh, I am going to deal with this. Now, uh, I've also talked about putting into place little reward loops so that you know that if I finish uh, putting these receipts into the budget and tracking them, then I can go get on Facebook or then I can go watch Netflix or, or then I can go ice cream. or I can have dessert. <laughs> so so put the reward loop in in advance. Yep. Uh, make sure that you have something that you're not allowed to do that you enjoy doing every night that you know you're going to go do. Say, okay, I'm not going to allow myself to have ice cream until I have tracked these expenses, or I'm not going to get on Facebook. And, and you'll, you'll, like, you'll fall back into the couch and be ready to get on your phone and pull up Facebook or YouTube or whatever, Instagram. Yep. And as you're about to do it, you remember, ooh, no, I made a promise to myself. I'm not going to enjoy this until I've done the budget. And then you get a little reward and you, again, build that habit. Mm-hmm. You feed that habit loop. And you're building this keystone habit that changes every area of your life. I mean, it sounds funny, but the budget is so vital. Yes. Anytime somebody asks me about a financial decision they want to make, I always take them back to the budget. They're like, well, okay, I'm looking at buying a house. Great. Show me your budget. Well, I'm looking at buying a car. Okay, cool. Show me your budget. Well, I want to learn about how to invest. Great. Show me your budget. Because if you don't have any money yep. to invest, yep. why are we talking about investing? If you if you cannot <laughs> afford a house in the nice area of the of the whatever city you're in, then why are we even looking at houses over there talking about taxes, having political philosophical uh, conversations about big financial topics when you literally can only afford $800 a month and you're going to have to rent a one bedroom apartment. I need to look at the budget to know what you have the ability to afford. So that budget gets built when you track your expenses. Yeah. I love it. It's so easy to see this pattern emerge. And I think if you do decide that you're really serious about this, then creating these habits and having these uh, these triggers that'll help you to stick to this cascading effect of success. That's what I'd like to, to really think about it is from the time that person or that automation says, would you like a receipt to you plugging it in 
and having the knowledge of knowing where you are with your finances in every area of your finances, that's just, it's so easy to do when you think about it that way. But it does take action. It does take decision. And it does mean that you have to stick with it. You're not going to be perfect at it at the beginning, but if you stick with it, eventually it will just become second nature to you. That's right. So as you begin to track you're immediately going to see some benefits happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are incredible benefits to tracking. One, and I've personally experienced this, is that you have new levels of communication Mm. in your extended family and if you're married, in your immediate family. Absolutely. Uh, This has helped Ashley and I so much because we both track to the same place every time. So she gets receipts, she puts them in her purse, Mm -hmm. and then she takes them out and puts them in the same place that I put my receipts. Now, I told you that my favorite place is a pile on the table that's a mess, Mm -hmm. and that's not her favorite place. (laughs) So for about six months to a year, we did put them in a pile on the table in a mess mm-hmm. because we had to learn the habit of writing it down every day. And if right. it's if it's there in a mess, we will go and deal with it. Right. But because we've been married for seven plus years now and we've got a great relationship and we track consistently, now we take those receipts and we put them into a specific folder mm-hmm. that again is still in the kitchen that we both have easy access to, but it's a little bit cleaner than leaving them as a trash on the table, right? And so Ashley and I, we communicate though. We take those receipts out together and we put them into the budget every month. And when we first started, we did it every day by hand on paper. And doing it by hand on paper, there is a shift that happens in your brain because you're physically writing down, you're physically seeing the spending. Um, You don't have quite that same feeling when you type it in on a computer, which is where we are today. I mean, we're we're many years into this process. And we have a, a great budget that is consistent that we talk about every month. So we can meet once a month and knock this out pretty quick. But when you're starting out every day, every day, writing you're by hand. Building the habits. You're still building you're the habits. Building the habits and creating that consistent um, willingness to stick with it and do it and change. Because you will change. You will see the behavior change. You'll see your spending change. But that's why it's so important to do it every day at the beginning. That's right. So the first benefit is that you've got that new level of communication. Uh, You've got some new accountability and relationship. The second benefit, and I have heard this, I'm going to call it a testimony. I've heard people testify to this Mm -hmm. hundreds of times, literally, because I've taught this principle to thousands of people. And I've had this testimony come back. David, because I was about to spend because I was about to, to have to write it down, yeah. I decided not to spend. Yep. It actually reduced my spending because as I went to the store and I picked up this item that I knew I didn't actually need, but I just kind of wanted in that moment, mm-hmm. and I picked it up and I knew I'm going to have to write this down later when I'm tracking my expenses. That accountability caused them to put the item back down to not make the purchase on the unnecessary item. So if you begin tracking and you're physically writing down for the first couple months, years, and then you move to tracking electronically, if you do this, you will find yourself saying, you know what? I'm not going to make this purchase because I know it doesn't really fit into my budget. Right. And it gives you an extra level of accountability. And I've heard this uh, with joy, not like, oh, I had to put it back, but like, oh my gosh, it saved me from buying something I didn't really need when my true goal was over here. Mm. And I was about to leave my true goal to pick up some unnecessary item. And and so it's like, oh my goodness, this has helped me to reduce my spending. That is another benefit to tracking. Yeah. Another benefit is a real-time knowledge of how much is left in a category of your budget. 
See, it's easy to say yes to going out to eat when you have $40 left in your eating out category and it's the last day of the month. You know the money's there and it's already been budgeted and you can enjoy the category more fully. And that's giving you that permission to spend with no guilt because you've set it aside, it fits in your budget, and when you have that real-time knowledge, it helps you to stick to your budget and to make those decisions that are going to actually improve your financial position every single day. That's right. Especially if you're married, typically what will happen is you will have somebody in the relationship that leans a little bit more towards saving mm-hmm. and somebody in the relationship that leans a little bit more towards spending. And in our relationship, Ashley and I, I lean towards saving. Right. And so when there's $40 left in a category, my initial thought is, oh, we better save everything. Mm-hmm. But because we have a budget in place, I know we've already allocated savings in the budget. I know that we already have savings for, uh, you know, tire replacement on the vehicle. I know we have savings for medical expenses. I know we have savings to buy gifts at Christmas to give to our family. I know we have savings to replace our car. I know we have savings for our retirement. Mm -hmm. I can think of 10 different savings accounts that we have. So when it comes down to the clothing envelope, I don't need to save money I can enjoy the full category. Uh, When it comes down to date night and expenses to go to Starbucks, it it used to be a struggle for me. You want me to spend $5 on a drink on coffee? Like, that's crazy. (laughs) I used to be a a little bit mad. Like, you're dumb. Not not to Ashley. I would never do that. But, you know, (laughs) to society. Society, you're dumb. And, And really, now that I've got the budget in place, I have money set aside for savings somewhere else. This money is to enjoy that category. So I go to Starbucks now and I take Ashley on nice dates and we have a good time and I don't feel weird about it at all. And I was the saver. I was the person that struggled with spending. Mm. Now we have a healthier balance. So it's a great benefit. So here's the last benefit we'll touch on today, which is it helps you create realistic goals and timelines. See, once you know exactly how much money you're making, you know how much you've set aside for each area of your spending, now you can see where the surplus is, you can see where you want to go financially, you can adjust some of those categories, you can increase your savings. When a bonus comes in, now you can tackle those goals, you can create those timelines to say, hey, in one year, we can save this much money to do this one thing, whether it's going on a nice vacation, whether it's to save for a car, whatever it is, you have this ability to have real goals, not something you're wishing for, but something you can actually see because you know the numbers are going to work out in that way as you create that timeline and that goal. Yeah, I love that. Ashley and I have goals that we've written down and we say in six months, we want to accomplish this. Mm -hmm. In five years, we want to accomplish this. In in 30 years, we want to accomplish this. But all of our short-term goals we know because we're tracking exactly where we're at in achieving that goal. And so we can, to the month, really see, okay, if I need to save for a car replacement, that's going to take this many months. Mm -hmm. And every time we've done that, we've seen us hit those goals either exactly on that month or sometimes the month before because we were a little more aggressive in saving in some area than we anticipated. But because we're tracking, we know when we hit that goal, So then we can plan for the next goal. And so there are some really important financial goals that we had from the very beginning. And this is, this is, I think going to be the fun part of this episode, Leo, is you and I are going to begin to talk about some of our personal finances and our budget Mm -hmm. and how we began to build out some of these things. So uh, I don't want to steal away from the budgeting side of this, but I want to just tie in. 
one of our first goals was to have a $15,000 emergency fund. Mm -hmm. And so I remember every month putting money into that, every month getting that built. And now I can see where that sits. And then our next savings goal, we can begin to go aggressively attack. The next goal was our 20% down for our house and then saving for repairs on the house mm -hmm. and for furniture. Right. And, and I could see, oh, in three months, we'll have that. In eight months, we'll have that. In one year, we'll have that. And now that we've been married for seven years, we've accomplished, I'm looking at the check marks on our goal sheet. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm just counting about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. I mean, there's got to be at least 30 goals of finances here that we have check marked over those seven years. And 30 might be a little high, might be like 25, 20. Uh, maybe we've got five more we want to do on here. But I can see where we can check the box and say, we hit that goal yeah. and we either spent that money or it's sitting in savings right now for when we need to spend that money. Yeah. I can't tell you what, I mean, unless you experience that, you can't really understand how powerful that is because it gives you the sense of accomplishment where you have set a goal, you stuck with it, and you did it. And every time you do it, I mean, I'm not surprised, David, that you guys have reached 20-plus goals in the last you know, few years you guys have been married because you wrote it down, you put a plan in place, you tracked your expenses, and you got there. And every time you did it, it reinforced the fact that you can do it that you're able yeah. to set goals that you... So I'm sure that if we were to look at that list and look one at a time, that each one of them was probably more important than the other. And there were some that were Absolutely. harder to reach than others. But you did it because it was in front of you, because you did it and you had a system to go about it. And I think that's something that people cannot miss. You cannot set a goal. You cannot have a goal that you, you know, whimsically kind of say it in your head without really thinking about what it takes to actually achieve that goal. Yeah. And so it's great to dream dream all you want, but ultimately you have to put it down on paper. You have to set a plan and an action plan on how you're going to get it done. And so I love you sharing that because I think people need to understand that reaching a goal will help you to really get you excited because yeah. now you're like, I can do this. Yes. Whereas when you didn't have that ability, when your finances were a wreck and you felt like every day was just drowning into debt and drowning into a, a big mess and juggling bills and all of that to go from there to having your dreams actually realized because yeah. you went through a process is very powerful and i keep saying this and i've said this since since i started budgeting myself budgeting and doing it in such a way that you achieve your goals allows you to believe in yourself to such a degree that it impacts other areas of your life yeah all of a sudden because you're a good money manager you're also a great employee you're also oh, a great that's good. hire that's good. you're also a great husband a father whatever it is that you're called to be you can be better because you've been successful you've been yeah. successful at this one thing that most people fail at and i think it's very powerful so it's just so so important to realize that not only will tracking help you to manage your budget but it'll help you achieve your goals. Yeah. And I just love, I love what you and Ashley have done. Yeah. You walk a little bit taller at work and a little bit more confidently mm -hmm. because you know that you have the ability to achieve something if you put your mind to it. Yeah. And you also know that, you know, although you're grateful for that work, you're not tied to that job forever. Mm -hmm. And if something goes wrong, you've achieved enough of your financial goals to allow you to transition to something else if you ever had to. And maybe you never want to leave your job. That's where I'm at. I feel really happy with my job. But if something were to ever happen, 
then I wouldn't also feel like, oh, my job is my provider. Right. It's the only way I'm going to survive. No, I'm doomed without it. I'm doomed without it. Right, right. exactly. Uh, and so and I can even just look back at some of these goals and I can see what is important to us. I remember when we first got married, Ashley really wanted to go on vacation. And I had grown up not going on a lot of vacations. But because we decided it was important to us, one of our first goals after putting the emergency fund in place was going on a over like a like a two week long vacation. Yeah. Uh, and like, hey, let's go to uh, somewhere in Mexico and lay on the beach for two weeks and just have a great time. And I can see that we accomplished that goal. I can see that we saved to replace her vehicle. Mm. And when we first got married, she had a $5,000 vehicle that she drove for, I think, like five years. And so by the end of those five years, it was not worth a lot. It was not a great vehicle, but we were able to save and buy another vehicle. And I can see we checked that off and we moved on to the next goal. We saved great. extra money for the house. We saved money to buy an air conditioning unit for when our air conditioning unit goes out. We saved money to have kids. Uh, we saved $10,000 so that we'd be ready for when the hospital bills come. Mm. We knew these things were coming. And so we put money aside and we can check that box and say, okay, we are done with that. Where are we going next? What's important to you? What's important to me? And we can go attack that together. Yeah, I love that. So just to recap, the benefits of tracking your expenses are one, new levels of communication between you and your family, especially your spouse if you're married. Two, reducing your spending. Three, real-time knowledge of how much is left in a category of your budget. And it helps you to create realistic goals and timelines. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. In the next episode, we're going to talk about some practical examples. We'll actually dive into my budget and David's budget and talk about the similarities, but also the different ways that we do things. But for now, we just want to thank you for hanging out with us, for listening to this episode. We love that you continue to listen, you continue to share, and if you've not had a chance to review and rate our podcast, we'd love for you to do that. You can go on iTunes or the podcast platform of your choice. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and just comment on some of the things that we're doing. If we're doing a good job, let us know. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing and you'd like to give us some ideas about things that you'd want to hear about, we'd also live to hear those. I'd also love for you to go to stewardshippastors.com and check out everything that David is doing with that website and that ministry. It's really an amazing site that will give you all kinds of resources, testimonies, uh, content, teachings on how to manage money from a biblical perspective, something that David and I are very passionate about. And we'd love for you to not only check it out yourself, but share it with a stewardship leader or share it with your church leader, because this is an area that is unfortunately not really talked about, especially in churches. So we'd love for you to connect your pastor to this content and help him to understand how he can really take a leadership role in this and support a ministry that will teach others how to manage money. Uh, David is passionate about that. I know that everything that he's doing on stewardshippastors.com will serve your congregation well. Also, buy his book, Jesus on Money. You can pre-order that today, and it'll come out soon, and I think it's going to be an awesome resource for many, many people. And we look forward to you joining us next time, so that together we can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right.
we first started, we did it every day by hand on paper and doing it by hand on paper. There is a shift that happens in your brain because you're physically writing down. You're physically seeing the spending. Um, you don't have quite that same feeling when you type it in on a computer.